Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Your friend certainly has a flair for the dramatic. I'll say. Hello, everybody. This is Again With This, Beverly Hills 90210. Today's episode, Season 9, Episode 22, Local Hero. And now... My local heroes, Tara Ariano oh. and Sarah D. Bunting. Just kidding. Don't really like them. <laughs> didn't have to tell it like it is. No spoilers there, folks. Hello, Tara and Dave. <laughs> hello. And hello, listeners. Merry Christmas Eve. Before we begin the episode proper to celebrate the reason for the season, i.e. free loot, <laughs> we are having a contest. Woo! You could win your very own Beverly Hills 90210 cookie cutter from Red Rocket Labs. A little backstory. We are recording this a bit in advance. So in our timeline, we've just celebrated Tara's birthday. Tara and I tend to do themes for one another's natal days. And 90210 is obviously one that comes up pretty frequently. Sure does. As you can imagine. Which is how I, one, came to order a 90210 cookie cutter from Red Rocket Labs' Etsy store. And two... The store owner, the delightful George, recognized us from this year' podcast based on the names on the receipt and threw in an extra cookie cutter for free for us to give away to one of y'all. George, you are the best. Thank you, George. Listeners, you are also the best. So if you want to get your oven mitts on this cookie cutter, enter our contest. Like most elegantly simple ideas around here, this one comes to us from David T. Cole. Hmm? Pick a character and name a cookie recipe after him slash her. For example, I don't know whose uh, brain this came from, but the example I was given was Gina Kincaid's Skater Doodles. That was me. Well done. Uh, I assume that this is like a snickerdoodle, but it keeps self-destructing in the oven. <laughs> it has beautiful my, hair. <laughs> yeah, Unfortunately, it's a very, don't very eat it. shiny cookie. <laughs> um, my idea was a David Silver-based cookie called Lord Piss Face Fernusa. I got one. <laughs> which is oh. a Fefernusa. But it's much too big, and you dip it in a glass of orange juice. Yes, Dave. Uh, Brendan's black and white worldview cookie. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, we got to stop because because we're t- yeah. we're uh, really making this harder for the listener. We are. Um, you get the idea. You can enter by either tweeting your ideas to at awt nine hundred two zero on Twitter, or you can email me. That's s a r a h at previously dot tv. I for one would love to read your entries on the air, but if you don't want to want us to do that let me know in an email you have until january 1st 2019 and we will remind you again next week if you would like to cut the line and just buy one of these bad boys for yourself you can head to etsy.com and search for red rocket labs they have we'll link it in the show notes as well we will they have other tv-based cookie cutters like west wing and buffy that make great gifts uh if you're last minute shopping very very last minute. Uh, and stay tuned to hear what your fellow listeners came up with and whether you have won. 
Yeah, we're, get, we're recording so far ahead that we're going to have to announce this on the episode dropping Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So hold <laughs> hold tight. That's, that'll be the next one after yes, uh, the happy, close of the contest. So. Happy New Year. Um, we will ship anywhere on the globe. So Australian listeners, you are not ruled out of this. Um, so to dog ear a page from Mel and Sue, on your marks, get set, name. Love it. And All right, let's get into local hero then, starting with our B plot. Surprise, Noah has a sister. Oh, Lord. So Donna is walking around Pasadena when she looks through the window of the real but since closed Rose City Diner and sees Noah at a booth cheating on Nat, <laughs> presumably trying to get free coffee from some other poor local businessman. But not cheating on Brandon by holding his mug incorrectly, as you'll see in the visual aids, girl. You sure will. So Donna goes in all chirpy. Noah is basically normal, if like slightly reserved and shifty eyed. And she sits when he doesn't invite her to asking how the food is. He claims he's never been there before. And when he doesn't make conversation beyond that, she's like, do you want me to leave? And he tries to save it and suggests that they both leave. But as soon as they've gotten to the door, a server, <clears throat> excuse me, played by Sarah. Sherry Appleby. Unreels and Roswell Zones. Sherry Appleby. Did she also play a waitress on Roswell? Wasn't Maybe. there a diner on that show? Oh. I think there was. This yes. is her prep. Um, so she says she thinks Sal's finally made it Noah's eggs the way he likes them. And Donna side eyes him and disgustedly stalks out. And Sherry, whose name here is, they call her Renee. It's not spelled the girl way, which is R-E-N-E-E, -E, with or without an accent. It's like, just looks like Reen, like it's short for <laughs> Irene. Um, I thought there was an accent on her name tag, which I was like, oh, that's why it was nope. in the, it was in the props shack. So that's why they gave her. <laughs> oh, could be. <laughs> anyway, anyway she watches matter. Donna leave and is like, do you want these eggs to go? Because diner humor. So that night, Donna is still so pissed at Noah that she has dressed up and gone to the club where he works so that she can give him the cold shoulder in person. <laughs> Obviously, she has assumed that he's fooling around with Renee and he makes the time to say what her name is and that he's been going to see her for the past couple of weeks and she's his sister. Papa. So the next day, Donna brings Noah a bouquet of apology flowers. Why? No idea. And after a crazy amount of mugging, which you can see in the visual aids, she says she wants to hear all about his sister. So here's the story. Clip two. She's my half sister. And look, I don't I don't blame you for being upset with me. OK, I just I have so many questions. Does your mom know? She doesn't have a clue. Are you going to tell her? I don't think so. Look, my dad's personal state was settled a few months ago. And his lawyer came to me and said, I want you to clear out his desk. And I did. And I found some pictures and some return checks, stuff like that. Then his legal advisors pretty much explained the rest. So he had an affair. He had a second life. I mean, hopefully he was better than his first. Well, do you know if he was in love with her mother or did they spend a lot of time together? I don't know. Was Renee close with your dad? <laughs> I don't think she knows who he is. So what does she say? Renee? How do you like your eggs? Are you telling me she doesn't know who you are? Look, my father's gone. I can't bring him back, okay? But there's this little part of him left. I, I just want to see what she looks like and how she acts. I'm not looking for hugs and kisses here. Yeah, but she's your family. That's her bad luck. I mean, this is they, they do <laughs> resemble ahead. each other in the wooden <clears throat> acting department. We'll, you know, we'll leave it at that. But this is like really, I think we were going to say the same thing. So go ahead. Just that the, I mean, if, it's not clear whether 
it was a second family situation. Yeah. If, and and then they they never really get into it. Like this is such a nothing of a story. It's it's really weird that they even did it, frankly. Yeah. Like they you know, he's core dumping all this exposition about how he found out, but then if she yeah. doesn't know, it's clearly not a second life. Right. That he had. Yeah. And I mean, this is the beginning and end of it. Spoiler. So Right. What's the point? Well, alas, there is more for us to get to. So Noah comes to find Donna at the store and make out with her in the middle of the sales floor, complete with moans. It is gross, as always. <laughs> she says she's taking him for lunch at Renee's diner. He doesn't want to go because he got what he wanted out of his interactions with Renee's. And Donna says she's just like Noah because Donna went to talk to her off screen. So, like, again, what's the point? Donna didn't tell her anything about Noah. She just found out that Noah was right. Renee has a life of her own with a mother and a stepdad and so forth. And she's also leaving town. So it might be harder for Noah to find her soon, which is why Noah thinks that he should go introduce himself to her. So he does go. They hear that Renee left early because she got some kind of a deal on her plane ticket to question mark over the Internet. (laughs) Heard of it. And her old boss, Sal. (laughs) won't give this random idiot donna renee's phone number noah's all pissy he's like all i wanted was for something good in my life and i can't get it blah 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 donna's like don't be mad as if this is any of her fault and so he leaves donna sits at the counter to talk to sal giving her him her most ingratiating dumb baby face and it works because then renee is finding noah at the club because sal passed on the message that noah wanted to see her and when he says he's been thinking about her, she obviously assumes he's going to ask her out, in which case the answer's no, because she's leaving for Florida that night. Plus, she likes Donna and know that they are together. And Noah is forever an idiot in clip three. Don't you think we kind of look alike a little bit? I mean, our eyes or the uh, way we smile? Uh, yeah, sure we do. I'm so glad I came by. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very Rachel from Unreal line delivery. Yes, She's it is. generally not great in this, but that was pretty funny. Um, yes. Also, as you will see and can imagine, without the visual aids, if you know these actors, they don't mm-hmm. have the same eye color. They don't no. have the same face shape. No. Both being Caucasian American, it's not the same as looking alike. <laughs> no. No, which is weird because, like, Vincent Young kind of looks like Ray Wise. Like, you can sort of see it. It's not super close, but, like... There's something there. Yeah. But she doesn't look like either of them. So, yeah, it's dumb. Anyway, he finally spits out their relationship just as Donna comes in behind Renee. And he says he's not asking anything of her. He just wanted her to know that she has a brother. And Donna and her very bad bangs are derpily proud. And that's it. It's really a waste of everybody's time. Yeah, as usual. But congrats to Sherry Appleby for probably getting her SAG card off this, I'm guessing. Who knows? On to the A plot, Steve's sex addict and pregnant crime victim stuff periodically interrupted by Matt's bad lawyering on Gina's behalf. This is another classic dog's breakfast of a too complex storyline, which is why Steve and his stuff have to be in it, even though it's the A plot, which feels wrong to me as well, listener. But here we go. (laughs) So a a blonde woman is leading a meeting for sex addicts, referring without naming names to the many industry figures that she has slept with. Sex addiction is definitely a topic the show is going to treat with an appropriate amount of gravity, as we hear in clip five. 
Okay, so do we have any newcomers here this morning? <laughs> the boner sting classic. Fucking Steve stands up and states to these people who have real problems that he is a sex addict because this is definitely hilarious and appropriate. And when Kelly calls him, Matt is showing off what a real successful winner he is in clip four. I'm vacuuming. Well, clean carpet is important. But why don't you hire somebody to do that so you can hang out with me? Which is also important. <laughs> First of all, she's terrible. Second of all, don't say clean carpet to your boyfriend. It's gross. And third of all, we see this vacuuming for a while. Like, this is the first... <laughs> 20 to 25 seconds of the episode and then it finally starts like we have to see like the phone rings and he turns the vacuum off like we know what fucking vacuuming is jesus christ yeah oh the show uh yeah i guess it's trying to set up why gina is important to him later but whatever so kelly is walking to her car from a grocery store not knowing that dylan is literally stalking up behind her until he's right in her personal space Whereupon she tells Matt still on the phone to wait and not that she has just run into Dylan by chance because she obviously feels guilty about just looking at him in public even before anything has happened. And she's extremely flirty with Dylan as he says he's there to pick up milk but then asks her to stay so he can talk to her about something else. Like, you see that she is leaving fucking phone her later, Rudy Impazino. <laughs> also, then if you're there to get milk, you're just going to like hang out while it turns into cottage cheese in your trunk. You don't live in Minnesota. <laughs> Jones. Don't. So Kelly gets back on the phone and is breathlessly evasive to Matt about her plans. And I hate it. It's dumb. So what did Dylan want to talk about? Nothing. He just wanted to see her and didn't want her to slip away. And she baby voices that she's not avoiding him. And he pouts that they never see each other alone. And Kelly says it's not a good idea for them to do that in clip six. Why is that? Because friends aren't supposed to want to sleep together. And we don't. We don't want to. Or we just don't. I mean, you were just talking to Matt on the phone right now. You didn't tell him about me. It just didn't come up. Both of you, fuck off. You are not interesting. No. Or fuck each other. Yeah. We'll get we'll get to someone else making that exact point later. But Jesus. So then Dylan is distracted. This isn't cute or romantic and you're not in high school like. Be with who you're going to be with or don't. I know it's a soap right. opera, but Jesus Christ, especially when she is so hateful. It's like, why are we being put through this? Yeah. I, need, I was about to say, it's not even like anyone is married, but actually someone was married, Matt. And that was like handled in such a dumb, ham-fisted way, which again, we'll get back to it for now. <laughs> Dylan is distracted by a tweaker cutting through the parking lot toward a mom, putting her groceries in her trunk. And Dylan leaps out of the car just as this guy grabs the woman's kid and demands her purse. And Dylan rams the guy with a cart, smashes him in the head with his motorcycle helmet while Kelly pulls the woman, who is pregnant, and her son out of the way. And of course, this woman immediately goes into labor. And Kelly runs off to tell Dylan she's taking this lady to the hospital, which is when she finds out Dylan has imprisoned the guy in this woman's trunk, which Kelly thinks is hilarious. <laughs> like, no. So Kelly's just dropped the lady at the hospital when Marcus Chang, a reporter for a real newspaper, our good old L.A. Tribune introduces himself because someone he somehow he's heard about this and says the mugger Dylan bagged has a long rap sheet. Don't know how he would know that. As far as we can tell, the guy's still in the trunk. But anyway, it's a good story for Marcus. <laughs> he wants to know everything. Kelly is all squirrely about admitting on the record that she was sitting in her convertible with the top. 
top down drinking coffee with Dylan in a supermarket parking lot as if there's anything wrong with any of that. And won't even confer or deny that the guy she was with was her boyfriend. And when Marcus Chang asks his name, she sees Dylan mouth no at her over his surfing magazine that is definitely in this hotel, uh, this hospital waiting room. I know. Uh, oh, my God. So then Kelly lies that she was with Steve. Speaking of whom, he rolls into the beat office in a fine mood, eventually noticing that Janet isn't talking to him. And here's why. Clip seven. Steve, it's Katie. Thank you for being so open at our meeting this morning. You know, afterwards, Listen I got nothing. a chance to chat with Kenny. Wait. Listen. Kenny's a compulsive masturbator like you are. <laughs> After he this heard you talk, well, suddenly he didn't feel ah. so alone. Oh, I got your message. Lunch today sounds good, so I will see you later. This was a hunch. It turned out to be a gold mine. The Beverly Hills meeting of sexual dependence anonymous. Uh-huh. <laughs> And what exactly were you mining for? Stories for the paper. Now, there were no celebrities in attendance. However, this girl, Katie, happens to have a play-by-play. She also happens to be my sponsor, so she and I will share intimate details of our experiences. Perversion. No. Genius! (laughs) Also, not how the anonymous franchise works. It's anonymous. That's the point of it. You're an asshole. Also, if you're not allowed to have opposite sex sponsors in Alcoholics Anonymous, I feel very certain you can't in Sexual Addiction Anonymous either. And if you've, you know, if you're in a position to be sponsoring others, you would spot Steve 13th stepping it from a Uh, mile away. Come on. For sure. But also, I love that Janet's like offended by the idea that Steve has told anyone he's a compulsive masturbator. Like, if you're dating him, you know he is. What's the problem? (laughs) Is the issue that it's true or that it's not? I right. I don't understand. So then David comes in with such terrible hair that Steve has to comment on it, calling him Eddie Munster. Sarah, do you want to talk about this a little bit? <laughs> yeah, he really does. It's like a jughead cap made of his hair. Like he dyed it yeah. real dark. Mm-hmm. And like in the um, next couple episodes, you have like these very... Um, men's hair of the 90s exemplars on opposite ends of the light spectrum um i don't know why brian austin green dyed his hair this gothy color but he has not upgraded his wardrobe at all and so in addition to looking bad it doesn't match yeah um and then uh donna's trick in i guess the next episode has that Mm -hmm. like frosted tips floof that so many dudes had like um what was that guy who was a bargain rate brad pitt who was also named brad oh brad Rowe. yes Mm -hmm. he's like this is like poor man's brad Rowe, which that's that's poor Mm -hmm. that's really poor yeah (laughs) although at least i mean we'll get to it but that guy wayne in the next episode he at least he's supposed to be a pro surfer so you know maybe we're supposed to think he came by it honestly even though he obviously didn't but yeah i actually checked to see if this hair was for a role that brian austin green was playing at the time not on imdb so unless he was in a play this was just a bad bad decision for no reason let's let's just contemplate the role that brian austin (laughs) green might have played (laughs) treading the boards with black hair Maybe it was like Munsters the musical. Who knows? Oh my god, Shamlet. Anyway, Shamlet. Janet tries. 
that is. <gasps> Thank you. Thank you. So oh, much. yes. So Jana tries to make Steve say where he was and Steve gets all embarrassed and shuts her up. Enter Katie, Steve's lunch date. This is the lady from his group. Steve Poor is man's Hayden Panettiere. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, t- double the double the height. But yes, mm. we don't know how any issue of the paper happens ever because Steve just blew in and then blew out again. Not that we ever see him do any work even when he's there. David watches Katie go hornily. So then Gina goes racing up to Matt's office with a manila envelope and a very dumb hairstyle that you can also see in the visual aids, telling him she's there on official legal business. She's been offered a commentator job on the skating network. And Matt guesses she wants him to negotiate her offer, but she says there's nothing to negotiate. They just asked who her lawyer is, and she didn't want to seem small time by saying she didn't have one. So he asks to look at the offer anyway, and Gina hands it over, bubbling over with excitement, saying whatever it is, she'll take it. Matt says the first bid is always a lowball offer. And so she starts to get concerned, saying it's a real job and she wants it. Matt tries to assure her that trying to negotiate it won't lose her the job, and she is eventually convinced, but tells him to do his thing fast so that she doesn't miss out on it. And then we go back to the beat office where Kelly and Dylan are telling Steve the tale of the dramatic parking lot rescue, ending with his alleged part in it thanks to Kelly's lies. The stupid thing has escalated to the mayor wanting to give Steve a commendation of some kind, and he doesn't want to go along with it until he gets a phone call praising his courage and calling him a Gary Cooper for our times. So then, in the Walsh living room, everyone is watching Steve on TV, holding forth about his heroics on the news, and he'll be showered with the Citizens Award, Dodger tickets, and clip eight. Steve will receive tickets to several Dodger home games and 100 pounds of sausage from Raffi's of Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah. You guys want sausage, you come see me. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what what kind of fake phobagon <laughs> pricing is that? It's like Dodger's yeah. tickets and some tube steak. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Janet is proud, but wants to know why Steve didn't tell her about this yesterday. You know, Steve, so humble. And then Matt starts poking holes in Kelly's story, but doesn't actually unravel it quite yet. And in the peach pit later, Katie's telling Steve it sounds like he has intimacy issues and maybe a spiritual void. But she thinks he's come a long way. Since some people can't even go an hour without acting out. And Steve is extremely gross about all of this in clip nine. Well, I was inspired when you shared with the group. It's pretty bad for a while. How bad? I mean, uh. Well, that story about the premiere, whew, that was uh, moving. <laughs> he really had a thing for actors. Mm. Politicians, too. Really? Steve, you're enjoying this a little too much. You might as well be reading a dirty magazine. No, this is way better. I won't indulge your addiction. It's not helping either one of us. Katie, I'm in the newspaper business. The tabloid newspaper business, to be exact. And these stories, well, they're really great. Steve... Don't even ask me what you're going to ask me. I wouldn't use your name. That group is a lifeline. You publicize membership and you'll destroy it. Steve, I saw you on TV. You're a hero. Now act like one. This is a very bad actor. Wrong tree, puppy. (laughs) Yeah, she's terrible. (laughs) But also Steve is gross. Enter, speaking of gross, David and his very bad hair to creep on Katie, who soon departs, leaving Steve to crab about his superhero cape, tripping him up, and David to enthuse about how hot Katie is. Steve and David agree that she's very sexual, which Steve says can work against David, but he stops short at this point at breaking her confidence. So then Matt tells Gina they paid her predecessor twice what they're offering her, which Gina says is because 
this other broad as a name if a she, shitty skater her her name to be specific is the extremely russ meyerian kitty shavers <laughs> right. exactly are you shaving kitty hey after the break G- Gina is ready to play hardball, though she wants Matt not to ask for too much. And Matt, dialing the phone, says he's only going to ask what Gina deserves. And the phone is about to start ringing when she asks him how he knows what that amount actually is. And this is his reply. Clip 10. You know, you just have to, or you won't know when to walk away. Right. When is that? When you're being undervalued. If you don't think you're worth more, you won't get it. That's right. Same is true in life. Same is true in life. Well, that Says sounds the big. guy who has been putting up with Kelly's bullshit for what seems like a decade and is, mm-hmm. spoiler, not fixing to stop. Yeah. Also, maybe like have this strategy <laughs> conversation before the phone starts ringing. I, also, I, I, you're not an entertainment lawyer. Eyes on your own paper. Yeah. Format. You're not any kind of lawyer as far as we can tell, but whatever. When Matt gets through to a Cyril Rykoff in business affairs, he is very <laughs> aggressive in clip 11. Yes, Mr. Rykoff, I'm representing Miss Kincaid. Okay. How'd you like to proceed? Well, we've gone over your offer sheet and we've proceeded to line my birdcage with it. Ooh, this is fun, huh? <laughs> I like that. Curveball. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> <laughs> I love the music. <laughs> the music is uh, like, oh dear. Dean <laughs> has gotten the best fa- free lawyer that money can buy. I really wish that there were like, <laughs> there were like fanfic representing like Mr. Rykoff's side of that conversation where he gets hung up on and then he's like, birdcage in the what now? <laughs> what year is it? Fuck off. <laughs> Yeah. So in bed, Janet is delightedly reading the newspaper story, which ends with the tidbit that the woman who Steve supposedly saved named her baby Steve. And in agony, Steve tries to tell Janet it's not him. She thinks he means his actions aren't typical for him, but he doesn't correct her. Instead, getting dressed again and saying he's going back to work, except he actually just goes down to the kitchen to call Dylan and say that the two of them plus Kelly need to meet immediately And off Dylan goes, despite his having just made dinner for himself and Gina, not before lying that he is meeting Steve and Janet. So these three morons meet on Mulholland Drive for the fucking drama of it all. Steve wants out and is not moved by their appeals to spare Gina and Matt's feelings in clip 12. I just wanted to collect my sausage and be done with it. No, I got a kid named after me. I know that it might not seem like it right now, but you are doing all of us a huge favor. I lie in bed with my girlfriend at night, and I can't even look her in the eye. Tell me, Kelly, how do you do that with Matt? Because it was a cup of coffee. It's perfectly innocent. A cup of coffee? Please, you two may as well sleep together. You know, you two don't really fit, and yet, in some kind of weird way, you do fit. We see it. We all see it. Matt sees it, and so does Gina. So for our sake, get it over with already, okay? Thank you. Good night. Well, really. I mean, someone had to say it. Like, you're fooling no one. Quit fucking around with everybody. It's not cute. Yeah. Well, and since your respective significant others seem incapable of collecting a vertebral cell between Mm -hmm. them to get rid of you both, just do it. Yeah. So when he's gone, Dylan says he should go because Steve is right. 
The next day, David finds Steve at the Peach Pit to get info on Katie because he and Katie have a date. Steve is being all coy about what he knows about Katie but can't disclose. David desperately guesses that she has a husband or a boyfriend or committed war crimes. Steve will only say it's none of the above. Enter Janet to say that an officer Mills called to get Steve down to the police station to ID the mugger. Steve tries to tell her he can't, but of course Janet doesn't get it, and Steve races off to call Kelly, but he has time for a parting scumbag move in clip 13. Hey, Steve, hey, 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 no, no, where are you going? She's an infomaniac, okay? Katie, you're on your own, but be careful. She eats bigger things than you for breakfast. Burn. <laughs> Gross. When he's gone, Janet asks David if Steve is acting weird, and David laughs that he just said Katie was an infomaniac, like that's a bad thing. So yeah, har har. This is awful. At the cop shop, the lineup is ready, but Kelly is stuck in traffic. Um, and the cop tells Steve it's fine. They only need one ID. And so Steve is stalling by faking nausea when Kelly arrives. So she goes to the lineup on her own. And Janet can tell something's up because she knows what a credit hound Steve is. And he says again <laughs> that it's not him and finally explains exactly what that means. And on their date, David is being a fucking pig at Katie in clip 14. You're a fast eater. Yeah, I guess I am. They have the best desserts. You know, I have a cappuccino machine back at my place and my roommate isn't home. I just thought, you know, we could relax and do something. I can't go to your place. I can swing at your place. That's cool. No, I have a nail appointment at um, 2.30. A nail appointment. She's yeah. got an appointment to nail your head to the table, asshole. I mean, I love how shocked he is that someone is not going to fall for the old, I have a cappuccino machine at Honest. my place <laughs> and my roommate's not home line. Uh-huh. Hot, hot? Oh, my God. Gross. Speaking of gross, Kelly goes to <laughs> Dylan's and tells him that Janet knows. So she's going to tell Matt the truth in clip 15. About everything. Yeah, about everything. About Mexico. Yeah, I think so. So, in other words, you and Matt are breaking up. It's what's best for me, okay? Yeah, well, what about what's right for us, Kel? Us. The way I see it, we're in this thing together. And I don't really like the way I've been treating Gina, so maybe it's time for a change. Well, don't change for me. Just be a human being to your girlfriend. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Like this is, they've spent so much time trying to establish like, well, Dylan's with Gina, but he doesn't really love her. So it's okay that he keeps jerking her around. Like it's not like just because we've known him longer doesn't mean it's okay. And I really, it's really gross that the show keeps framing it like this. Yeah. Well, and also that, that undeniable soul matery. Mm. that is Dylan and Kelly like all right I'll allow that but only because they're both complete shit bricks and we don't mm -hmm. really want to expose them to anyone else so right wh whatever the reason just get on with it yeah Ugh. well speaking of Dylan's girlfriend she's very high strung in Matt's office waiting for the skating channels offer which they expect by three which is currently 10 minutes away 
Matt jokes with her to take some of his confidence and she tries to calm down until she looks at the fax machine to make sure it's working and not out of paper because <laughs> it's the past. And when the fax machine comes to life, just then Gina giddily rejoices and wonders if she should start being less available to Dylan if something like this is the result. Yeah, he'll fax you. <laughs> anyway, here's that offer. Clip 16. Here we go. Mr. Durning, we regret to inform you that Kitty Shavers... We regret to inform you that Kitty Shavers has agreed to terms. Thank you for your interest. Oh. But uh, you, you said... Believe in yourself. You said that I should take a chance. Right? That's what you said. Gina, she was always the first choice. I mean, asking for more or less wouldn't necessarily change that. Matt, what are you talking about? If we would have said yes to begin with, then maybe... She would have lowered the fee more quickly. You don't know that that's true, do you? I mean, sometimes in life, people just need to take what they can get. Not big corporations with millions of dollars. Well, maybe not them, but me. I wanted this. I really wanted this. You blew it. Yeah, he did. So like he always does. Does anyone uh, want to learn I, not to use that guy? I think he's probably right. Like there's it's probably true that they were just using Gina to. You know, it's not like this is unheard yeah, of, like, but, but this, he's still a bad lawyer, regardless, yeah. <laughs> regardless of the particular circumstances and here. rude. Like, I don't and blame her way for outside mad. his lane. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't right. blame her either. But again fool you once like please stop stop matt <laughs> so dylan lets himself into the beach apartment where gina sits in the dark living room crying and ignoring the door she got his messages that they need to talk and obviously knows what they mean he changes the subject to her tv deal and she tells him the bad news and faintly challenges him to tell her what else in her life he thinks she can live without and he loses the nerve to dump her under the circumstances and hugs her instead, which uh, understandable, but still kind of shitty. And so Mrs. Michaels, the crime victim, is checking out of the hospital when Steve shows up with Janet to confess and give her the chance to change her son's name if she wants. But she's OK with it because Steve is her husband's name. Egomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> uh. the, ter- the, t- the tone that she takes with him is kind of awesome. And said husband comes in just then, excited to meet the hero who saved his wife, and apparently not at all suspicious that she immediately kicks him out nicely, but still. <laughs> she thinks Steve's are good dudes and that Janet should hold on to hers, and Steve does a Rush Sanders head wobble, and that's the end of this for them, thank God. So then Matt shows up at the beach apartment to bring Gina the champagne that they never opened. She says they don't have a reason to, and he thinks maybe they do. And she'll, she's willing to drink. What are they celebrating? He wants to offer her a job in his office with what money? All we've been hearing is how broke he is. Like, how does he have money left over to give her this assistant gig? Yeah. The money's rolling in from all those prenups. You keep turning down because you're a romantic. Whatever. She has come around to believing that the loss of the skating channel job wasn't his fault. So he assures her he's not making the offer out of guilt. He doesn't want her to surmise from this experience that she's worthless. And also, if Dylan isn't pushing for her, maybe she should push him away. Good advice. He should take it also. Hmm. Then Katie comes to the Peach Pit to meet David at his request. He wanted to talk about yesterday and so did she, but she's on her way to the airport and can't stay. And then lets him smarm her into staying like, then it is chief. But she admits that she ended their date early because she's and then she actually looks at his 
fucking assholey finger to temple pose and is like, forget it. I don't want to tell you anything ever. <laughs> she starts to leave again, but he interrupts in clip 18. I know. I, uh, I, I know about your problem with sex. Steve told you. He was trying to do the right thing. Kind of been a hobby for him lately. Well, I guess that saves me from having to admit it. <laughs> Does it? Great. Why do you want to continue knowing either of these people? Leave. Exactly. Ugh. Also, the fucking background music once again. Like, please stop taking meetings of any seriousness in the peach pit. This yeah. yakety sax in the background of every fucking conversation. <laughs> no funciona. So then David gifts Katie with the announcement that he wanted to ask her out again. And she is flattered instead of disgusted. It's so <laughs> awful. I'm so grossed out by this whole storyline. You have no idea. But she says she feels much healthier since she's gone into recovery. And though she hasn't had sex in a very long time, she wants to move forward with David. Like, why? What possibly has he done to make you want to make him the guy? Ugh. I wish I thought this was going to be a short con that ended with her leaving him naked in a field and stealing his car, but I don't. Moving on. <laughs> Kelly is sitting on the Walsh stoop when Matt comes home. He suggests a drive, but she doesn't want to. She wants to tell him the whole truth about who was present at the attempted mugging. And just when Matt is starting to show some backbone for once, clip 19. Why do you hang on to him? Huh? Do you, what, do you enjoy it? He, he's my friend. He's your friend. Well, if that were true, you wouldn't need to lie to me, would you? You're not making it very easy to tell the truth right now. Yeah, point taken. No. 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 <laughs> no. The, she, the, the first whole of point all, is what a liar she's been in, like, every episode since you met. And she's being a complete cramp again. And her hair is so fucking <laughs> stupid. It makes me want to <laughs> kick a puppy. It's uh. terrible. And then she's yeah. just making the like all, the series of impatient, dismissive cat butt mouths. Mm -hmm. And it, she's like, well, it's your fault that I'm not telling you the truth. And any other rational human being is like, you don't like me or respect me. I'm leaving. Or yeah, actually, I live here. You're leaving. Yeah. Like, fuck up. But he comes up the driveway and she's all like boo-boo kitty sulking with her ridiculous irradiated fern hairstyle on the stoop of Casa Walsh. I just want to kick her in the balls. I hate her so much. And this is like the only mode she has now. It's the same thing like when she found Gina changing the tire. Like, I'm here to apologize. Okay. Like, no. <laughs> act, act like you're actually sorry. Maybe someone will listen to you, but instead you're like just irritated that people aren't forgiving you fast enough. Like, fuck off. Yeah. Like, is the point I like women who choose to be bitches instead of contrite because mm -hmm. that's not a fact and evidence either. No. Like you anyway, going forward, if Kelly for runs this. into Dylan, Matt would like her to tell him, but he doesn't like the two of them spending time together so much for the truth about everything because Mexico does not come up. Then Kelly finds Dylan at the club pointedly saying she heard from his girlfriend that he was opening up the place and saying that the breakup doesn't seem to have gone well. Dylan says he knows Gina is the only one who can deal with him. And Kelly reports that Matt was angry, but that they'll work through it. And also that she didn't tell him about Mexico and Dylan. Some things sums things up in clip 20. So 
You're still together, and it looks like we are in the same boat. Not really. I'm with somebody that I love and want to be with. Mm. I don't know what you're doing. Neither do I. Neither do we. No. <laughs> this Nick has rocks. been All such a waste of everybody's time. Like, oh. pull the trigger. You are adults. Anyway, that's the end. So let's uh, let's go on to naming our most valuable player. Um, the mother of Steve, little Steve, mm. <laughs> who at least uh, has the sense to puncture Steve Sanders' narcissism and uh, help him get over himself for now. Um, I'm going to go with Cyrus Rykoff, whose law degree <laughs> from not Hamilton, not law school. <laughs> allowed him to negotiate a deal that worked for everyone except Dormat. I mean if we're speaking about people who are off screen let's give it to Kitty Shavers too who uh, is a lot better at negotiating than Matt is yep. she got her deal okay least valuable player oh. David disgusting hair disgusting attitude to a woman in recovery um, the woman in recovery for <laughs> endangering it with David. Yeah, fair. All right. All right, let's do the let's do the Kim challenge. Bad, bad, dangerous to me. Five ways from this episode, Dylan proved he is mad, bad, and dangerous to know. Well, it's dangerous to try to intervene in a crime when you're not actually trained to do that, even though it ended well, I guess. Um, it's bad to lock someone in the trunk. I don't care if you try to mug someone. That's not, that's not how we behave. Um, it's, it's bad to implicate a non-involved person in your completely innocent activities. Um, it's bad to act like your treatment of your girlfriend is a weather system that is happening to you instead of something that you control and should improve. Yeah. It's bad also to try to spare her feelings by just delaying breaking her heart in the future mm. also your hair looks like shit About word it. next time again with this that does not occur here's what does occur <laughs> kelly is a bitch about accidentally making a sex tape david is a bitch about purposefully dating a sex addict and matt is not nearly enough of a bitch about getting cheated on but we will more than pick up doormat slack in the bitch department in our visual aids you can find for this and every other episode on our website that's again with this 90210.com i am important vacuum sarah d bunting and i am on twitter at tomato nation my co-host is even more important nail appointment tara ariano and she's <laughs> on twitter at tara ariano our producer is heroic sausage freebie david t cole talk to you next time hi you know what to do after the beeperoonie